Word Church, and we are ministering the Word of God. We are planting seed in the kingdom with His Word, and we know it'll prosper. So we're ministering today on how to guarantee your success, and I'd like for everyone to turn in their Bible to Romans chapter 8. This scripture has nothing to do with the message, but I want you to, I want you to mark this scripture I want you to start living in Romans 8:11. I was with someone this week, actually it was Pastor Avery, and he he has not been sick. Uh, he's not been to a doctor in 40 something years. Doesn't mean that he has always been doesn't mean he's had a straight life. It just means that he's he's won at every juncture. It says in verse 11, let's read it together. Ready, read. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Can we read it one more time? But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Well, amen. So we would say, be quickened by that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Let's do that. Be quickened by that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. We are, we are going to be emphasizing getting healed, getting yourself healed. We're listening to Curry and, uh, and other teachers Talk about how to, how to heal the sick. But when you do that, you just attract sickness to yourself. And many people cannot get themselves healed, even though they're very proficient at getting others. Amen. So the Lord told me this week, and I, or was it last week? He told me to, this is what he said to me. So I'm going to say it to you. He said, be certain in uncertain times. Be steady in unsteady times. Be certain in uncertain times. Be steady in unsteady times. How many of y'all believe that might be a good word for our day? Hallelujah. That we are the lighthouse. We are the anchor for so many people. So I'm going to be certain in uncertain times. I'm going to order my conversation right. I'm going to say what's the truth instead of what I see. There's plenty to see. Why, we could gawk at it. We could absolutely be astonished by what we're seeing in our nation and in the, uh, the, the health, health realm, the financial realm. All these things, they'll all be that way. They will not change. They'll just change forms. So I'm going to be certain in uncertain times. If you're not, you're just a leaf on the river and you have no control over where you go. You go where the river goes. But we're not. I'm going to be certain in uncertain times. I'm going to be steady. Do y'all know how many people are losing their minds, so to speak, over this day? How uncertain they are and how unsteady they are. They're all putting their life on hold, waiting for something to pass so they can get back to normal. Well, there'll never be a normal like normal was. We know that even if nothing had happened in the world, that just a generation causes your life to change. Suddenly you have grandchildren, suddenly you retire, or suddenly you... Whatever people do, that changes. So it's never going to be like it was. I need a little better amen there, right there. It's never going to be like it was. 
but we're going to be steady. We're going to be unmovable, unstoppable, even in these unsteady times. Amen. So anchor, anchor yourself, anchor yourself to the word. If that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, he does dwell in us. And he that raised Christ from the dead will quicken my mortal body by that spirit that dwells in me. First person that thing and start, start speaking that thing to yourself. There's other scriptures, of course, but this one's real powerful. I was real quickened. It was for all of us when I heard it. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, would you turn in your Bible now to Mark chapter 11? We are ministering all the time. And much of the motivation for what we minister is not so much to affirm what you and I already know, but to confront the religious lie, to confront the, the lie that is, that is opposing you. And many, many people, uh, and maybe you and I at one time, believed many of these things. Well, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. I thought that's scripture. I tried, I, way, way back, I tried to find it. Um, I also tried to find this too shall pass. I really did think that was a scripture, but it's not in the word. <laughs> and if you don't get up in faith, it won't pass. It'll stay with you. It'll dog you. So uh, we've been looking at several things that confront the lie. That's just a cliche with people. Just something they just say, well, everybody knows that, that God's in control. Everybody knows that everything turns out, uh, uh, everything happens for a reason. Th those are just like foundations for so many people. Every everybody knows that. We, we don't even talk about it because we all know it, but you got to get back to the word. Whatever I bind on earth. So God's not in control of that because if I bind it on earth, it's bound in the heavenlies. He'll do, he'll back me up. If I, whatever I loose on earth. Values, blessings and prosperity and and peace. Well, the Lord will back me up. Amen. So he's not in that kind of control. He doesn't even want to be. It's not even like we pushed him out and he can't have his way. He gave us control. He gave us the steering wheel and he he he, he doesn't have one. Hallelujah. So we would agree this morning that Jesus is perfect. He, he was and he is. He was perfect in character. He was perfect in valor. He was perfect in excellence. He was perfect in virtue. All those things meaning the same thing. So we're, we're talking about character. I want to talk about character because I want to get it off of the thing that says we're just a leaf on a river that flows down the stream. And what will be, will be. Que sera, sera. And just take control of our lives. Because we see the people that believe these things, it's not working out so good for them. You know, I don't want their life. I mean, I can just not even know God and have that kind of life. If you're sitting back and saying God's in control and everything happens for a reason, there is nothing to move you off a high center and get you and I out of the ditch. But we do know this, that the kingdom. Now, I want you to know this. The kingdom, you believe the kingdom works by principles and not by feelings. Do we know that about God? That he, he's not emotional some days and feeling pretty lowly some days or feeling real energized that he's going to do something with the bad people. And uh, uh, we know that, but he wants us as he is. So are we in this world? He wants us to live by principles and not by feelings. We're not mad at feelings. Feelings are good. You ought to have some, especially men. We ought to have some, maybe some women ought to have less, 
But we all ought to have feelings because God has feelings. He's just not operating by them. So I put down here that the prize is always greater than the, than the, than the price. That's a secular term, the prize. If it's a prize, if it's a treasure, it's worth the price. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a prize. Are you all in pursuit of the prize with me? Yes, we are. And there is a price. Now, let me let's all get in agreement with character, high character, virtue, excellence, valor comes with a price. It costs lots to stand apart, to, to not let go, to, to always be on your least day. Today's the least day I'll ever have. Every day after today will be better than today. Whatever's going on in today. Whatever went on yesterday. But I have found, and I'm sure you have, we've acclimated it to it, but it's quite costly to pursue the kingdom of God. You have to give up some people. You may not have given them up, but they gave you up. Because <laughs> you're strange. You don't watch what they watch or say what they say or believe what they believe. And so you have been estranged from a certain amount of people, certain segment of people that don't have high character and don't care if they do. They don't believe it affects their life. So we're in a culture right now. We're in a culture right now that not only does not esteem high character, that they might even celebrate low character. Just think about that for a second. People that really don't care and even really take a little solace in being those that don't care, those that don't, don't get out there. And they're, they're content to be followers and content to, to not do anything. As a matter of fact, in a lot of aspects of our culture, I read this morning that California is uh, about to pass a law where illegal immigrants can be on county and school boards. If they can vote, and in California you can vote if you're present in the state in some degree or dimension, now they're, they're legalizing it where you can be on the school board and be on the, uh, be on the uh, what do you call it, the city council or whatever. You can be that. And then maybe the motivation of that is to get people that are pro-immigrant or pro-whatever that is to be in places of control and power. So my point is, is they're even celebrating low character, where you, where you let felons that commit felons and multiple times, you don't send them to jail. You just let them go, saying, have a good day. So we're in that, we're in that culture. My point is not to discuss politics, but to say we're in a culture that in some aspects, they don't care. Their, virtue is not a virtue to them. And it shows. It shows. So two things, and I want to bring this in this morning. What would we say character always had in it? An element of character. Well, we'd have to say uh, character always is a believer in God's word. Character's honest. Character doesn't just say, I don't like this scripture and it doesn't fit me. Therefore, I don't believe it's true. That's, that's really dishonest. Character is honest. If you're dishonest or if you're, you know, not dishonest, but just not honest, you say things to people that you don't really believe in order to get them to do something you really want. But honest would say God's word's true and there's a path for me to get there without being dishonest. 
But let's take it another step. Let's let's look at it another way. Not only does character or valor or excellence or virtue believe God's word is true because that's honest, but it also believes that my word to me, that my word is true. Can you say that with me? My word is true. Now, a lot of people, they live. I think, you know, somebody that they you can't trust them to tell you the truth. They're slippery as a fish and they ah, you just really never know if what they said is true or verified. It's just talk. Look in Mark chapter 11. Let's look in verse 23. You know this one. But let's let's look at it along the line of character. It says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have what? Whatsoever he saith. So not only do we have to believe God's word to have character, we got to believe our own word. We got to believe our own truth. We, we take our truth from the word, hopefully. We're all in that progress of leaving, leaving, leaving feelings and leaving on principles. But he said he shall have whatsoever he saith. And you and I are having whatsoever we saith, whatever we believe. And that is the level or the mark of our character. Our trouble, tribulation measures your character. You think somebody's one way because they tell you, I'm, I'm good, I'm all right, I'm the best. But then you get them into a test. You get them into a pressure. You get them into an area where things aren't going their way. And that measures their character. You find out what's really in there, not what we say, but what we do when trouble comes. Anybody can say anything for a season when it's good times. So pressure measures character. It does not make character. You don't make character. Well, I went through all that to, to, to change my character. No, we don't. We do not change our character and pressure, but what we have is revealed. The word is what changes our character. Not trouble. Gosh, we'd all have a one character if trouble changed it. I mean, we, we'd all be Abraham Lincoln's and George Washington's or whatever you think is high character if pressure would do it because we've been through it. So character is Godward. And this is what I want to do this morning is is get over there and 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 settle something in our foundation about how we relate to people and how that affects our relationship to God. Because there's a premise there that the two are separate. That what you do and say and believe in God towards him, my relationship to him, is separate and not attached to how I treat people. What if, what if, if God could only accept how we treat and interface with people as our relationship to him? What if the very limit of our relationship with him, how good he thinks we are, is based on how good we think people are. Well, guess what's in the Bible? Guess what's in the Word? First uh, John chapter 4. So how I relate to people, God says, is exactly how I relate to Him. Oh, that's not good news. Because <laughs> I like God, but I don't like some people. I'm just being honest. I, it's not that I hate them or wouldn't do for them, but I just... 
you know, do you have, have you ever had kinfolks that you'd look at them and say, you're my brother, but if you weren't my brother, I wouldn't like you? Well, I don't know if you've ever had that little thing come by, but I certainly have had to throw it down a few times. Not because I was throwing it down, but because I'd thrown it down and it jumped back up. Because, you know, if they're not our brother or sister, not kinfolks, we just walk away. And if it's a business partner, we just walk away. We, we somehow unhook from those people. But kinfolks, it's like you can't escape. Now look what it says in 1 John chapter uh, 4, verse 20. If a man, let's go to 19. We love him because he first loved us. And that means that the love of God that's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost is how we love people. We love people and we love God. We love God totally based on the love that's in us that he gave us. He gave us the love to love him back. That's it. He gave us at the new birth the love of God. And so it's with that love. So people that don't have the love of God and they're not born again, they can't love God. So it says in verse 20, if a man say, I love God, but hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That's pretty brutal. That's pretty in your face. That you, Because we all think I love God because he's good to me and I love him and he's wonderful and he's been so good to me. But this, this guy over here, I, I don't like him. And I don't mind telling him I don't like him. And I don't mind acting like I don't like him. And God says, why are you treating me so bad? Oh, Lord, it's not you. That's, it's, it's him. I, I love you, but uh, it's him. And here we see that the Lord says, no, it is me. I'm in him. Oh, that's, that's pretty tough. Matthew, Matthew 25. We're talking about character here. We're talking about wanting to change our life from the inside so that we can have the blessing of God on the outside. Because we talk all about the new birth and, and how God loves us and he does and how he's for us and he is. But we can only hold as much as our capacity. You can only put a quart of water in a quart jar. That, that's it right there. If you try to put a quart and a half in there, then you have a half a quart on the table. It's, it's not going in. And we think that's different, but we're the same thing. We, we have to have a capacity to hold more. That's why we develop. That's why we progress. That's why we manage our lives not to be more pleasing to God, but to be able to hold more of Him. So we renovate our mind. Doesn't the word say in, in Romans? The renewing of your mind. Well, renewing just means we're going to add a room on. <laughs> it means we're going we're to make more space for more God. Now, he won't all fit in, but more of him will fit in if we have a capacity. And here he's saying, if you don't like people, you don't have much capacity. Uh, Matthew 25, verse 40. What does it say? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto me, one of the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Well, let's, let's go back up. Let, uh, in verse 38. When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? 
Or when saw we thee sick and in prison and came unto thee? So Jesus is telling you didn't treat me very good because you didn't treat people very good. But if you treated me, people well, whom you see and whom have plenty of reasons for you not to like and love and carry on, he said, that's, that's how much you love me. It's very interesting to me. It's, it's a stark truth, but I want it in my life because I, I want to know how it is. If I want to buck up and rebel and say, no, I'm not willing to pay that price, that's between me and the Lord, but I want to know that's what it is instead of just off in some ethereal realm and just said, well, I, I never knew it was that way. I thought I could love God full strength and, and be mad and despise everybody. Wouldn't that thought come to all of us? Wouldn't we, wouldn't we think there was, it wasn't the same? I, I think so. Uh, so here he's saying if we don't keep our word to people, that we're not keeping our word to him, that we're incapable. We don't have a capacity to keep our word for him. Lord, I love you and I'll serve you and I'll do for you and I'll and everything. And he says, I don't believe a word of it because we're telling somebody else what we think of them. Oh, this is stark. I, I did not know this. I mean, I knew it, but I didn't know it until I started studying this. So... Uh, if we won't submit to authority, now listen, this is a tough one. I, I, I turned this one over round and round before I wrote it down. If we rebel or won't submit to those authorities that are over us, like I've heard all my life, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. I don't know if you've ever heard kids do that, but I've, I've had adults do that to me. Oh, you're not the boss of me. Well, then, then the Lord says that I'm not the boss of you. I don't want that. I, I, I want him to be the boss, the master, the Lord. And so he's like, Lord, I'm telling you how much I want you to be my Lord. But he said it's measured another way. How interesting that is. So we're having to subdue feelings. I'm having to subdue feelings. Because I can, I can sing that somebody did me wrong song as good as you can. Sure is quiet in this Presbyterian church. <laughs> I mean, really, really, Lord, it, this is tough. This is, this is, uh, it's, I want to have my cake and eat it too. I want to love you and not like them and be okay with you. I, I want to, but it's not working out so good. And I want to measure why things don't happen in my life according to the word. You know, it says that I, Exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. Where is that? Well, it must be in something that's hidden, that's subtle, that has to be worked out, that you have to go into a chamber chamber, and close the door and examine yourself from the Word of God, that you have to, you, you can't just assume and do what you wish or like and have those things. You can do it and God's up with us. Going to heaven, going to be there on the, on the first row. But here on earth, I want to prove what Romans says is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I want to prove it in my life, and i got to read the whole book because it, it's the whole book. You know, if you look up your auto manual, there's lots of stuff in there that we don't ever look at. Change your spark plugs at 100,000 miles. Well, who's going to drive 100,000 miles? Well, the Smiths have already changed spark plugs three times. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I, I've changed mine. I've already changed mine. But it's like, well, who would know that? How would you know that? I feel like the spark plugs need a little change. I just sense that coming on. <laughs> no, it's in the book. Hallelujah. Um, let's go to Second Peter, since y'all are sitting there so happy. So glad to get this good news in your life. <laughs> oh, I hate, I, I don't like to bring this news, but I, I'm compelled to say, let's have a better life. Let's have a better life. Let's have success. So that when we speak to the mountain, or when we speak to cancer, or when we speak to lack, or when we speak to anything, we have a confidence that that thing not only heard me, but it obeyed me. And you go like, well, why isn't that happening? Ah, there's some little nuances. There's some little details. There's some little tweaking that has to be done. And we can do it. The thing is, it's not like cross every mountain and climb every mountain and swim every sea. I can do this. I can get along. I can forgive people. Is it easy? Not in the flesh. But I can, I can get in him and then in him I can forgive them. We've all done it. But a lot of times how we forgave people is we just endured it until it ran out. We just, 10 years later, we're like, I forget why I'm mad at you. Although there's still people that tell me they're mad at me, and they, but they just can't remember why. <laughs> you know, I know you did something bad to me. I was like, what is it? I don't know, but it was bad. You know, so it's not real forgiveness. It's just getting older. Second uh, Peter chapter 2. Let's just do this thoroughly. Let's just have this word in us, and then we can choose whether we want to do it or not. For in verse 20, it says, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus, the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if, they, if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse for them with them than the beginning." I wrote that down in the New Living. It's a little clearer. And when people escape from the wickedness of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then get tangled up and enslaved by sin again, they are worse off than before. Well, that's good to know. That makes it a little easier to uh, get entangled again. You, you, you think about it and say, this is going to be worse than it was. Then in verse 21, it says, It would be better if they had never known the way to righteousness, this is stout, than to know it and then reject the command they were given to live a holy life. To live a holy life. To live a holy life. Now, this is the balance to God's not thinking about our sin, that, that Jesus solved the sin problem, and he did. And we don't sit here and rail about quit sinning. But here's the reason right there is because if you sin, and we all know what that is, missing the mark. We all know when we mess up. We all know when we were willful. We knew it was going to cost, but it won't cost now, and it won't cost much, or it, whatever. So we're going to do it. We're in. We already know we're going to do it. Well, some people know they're going to do it. We win a lot of battles, don't we? We, win, we, we decide, we back up and say, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But if we do, there's a consequence. Seed time and harvest says that if you do it and you knew better, for you it's sin. For he that knoweth to do right and doeth it not, for him it's sin. In uh, chapter 3, 
Let's look in verse 17. No, that's not right. Let's look in chapter 2. No, that's not it. 3.17. Oh. Let's see if we've got that. Don't you just hate this when you write something down and you don't know where it is? What's it, what have you got, Barry? 17. No. Well, let me just read it to you. <laughs> Wherever it is, it's in there somewhere. I'll read it to you. I am warning you ahead of time, dear friends. Be on guard so that you will not be carried away by the errors of these wicked people. And here it is. And lose your own secure footing. This life is short. Just the other day, I was 55. Just the other day. <laughs> Just the other day. I was 10 years away from Social Security or whatever. I mean, just, or 11. Just the other day, and all of a sudden, I've been in it for a few. It's like, wow. So this life, it, it, I want to get it right because it's, there's not any do-overs. I'm, I'm tired. I'm, I'm through with do-overs in uh, what we call jerky backs, where you just, you, you do the wrong thing and you have, you well, anyway. So here, here's what we said last week. This is the truth. Prophecy, excuse me, character is prophecy. Character is prophecy of a man's destiny. In other words, let me, let me tell your fortune, so to speak. That's, our, that's witchcraft, but I, and we're not going to do that. But, but I can tell you, I can prophesy my future and your future. And, and how do you do that? I just look at your character. To do that, you get, your, you get someone in a test. You get them under pressure. You find out what they're willing and not, not willing to do. They, they say they're big givers, but when, when it, the clutch comes in, they can't give or they can't tell the truth because it makes them look bad. And so they make up something. Well, it wasn't really my fault, and he made me do it, and this is the way it went. That's not honest, is it? We're talking about graduate studies in Christianity here. We're, we're, we're really laying it on. But I want to know these things because I can fix it if I know about it. And I want to fix it. Y'all want to fix it? Of course we do. That's what I'm going to say about you. Hallelujah. So character is a measure of man's destiny. And it's carried out word for word. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. So I, I can change my future. Well, you never know what's coming. You know, the U.S. and the government and money and pandemics. And you never know, you know, if we're going to feel good or be able to work or whatever. You never know what your kin folks are going to do. You never know. Yes, we do. We know exactly. Because those things are like Coach Saban said last night. They asked him about the game and about his opponent. He said, we pay no attention to the opponent. We, we pay attention to us. And if we pay attention to us, whoever the opponent is, we will dominate. He, <laughs> I thought it was very spiritual. I, I, I took notes said, don't worry about the enemy. Get your eyes off sin and the enemy and what could happen and put your eyes, your heart, your faith on me and get me right, and then that stuff will take care of itself. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He always causes me to triumph. Well, 
causes me to triumph is based on me wanting to triumph. I'm in the fight. I've got my armor on. I, I'm winning is my goal. So I work on me, not the devil. The devil's got lots of tricks, but we, we defeat all of them. It really doesn't matter what he throws. We really don't have to know. You really don't know when a symptom comes in your body. You don't really have to know what it is because the answer is the same no matter what it is. The answer is the same. So I, I looked it up on the Internet or I Googled this and I had a brother-in-law that said this. It doesn't really matter. Is it, is it terminal? <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's a sniffle or terminal. The answer is the same. And so we put on the answer and it doesn't matter what the problem was. And so to do that, to have that, to, to live that, we have to look inside and, and measure our character and say, you know, the last time I went under pressure, I didn't do so good. I chewed him out and I told him what I thought and I told him don't come back and told him he was a sorry no good and, and his two BBs weren't sparking and, and all sorts of things. You know, I can do better. I can do better. I can leave out the two BB things or something like that. <laughs> Y'all are with me. Amen. You go, this is tough. This is the way it was always supposed to be. It's only tough because the church has been in kindergarten for 4,000 years or 2,000 years, excuse me. We've been in kindergarten. But the early fathers, they, weren't, they knew this stuff. They wrote it down. They, they put this together and we have been religionized covered up. It's been a great uh, um, betrayal. I'll say that. It's been a betrayal. Now look at this in Mark chapter 11. Let's go back to Mark 11. We're going to get to the good news here. Just y'all hang on with me. Mark chapter 11. We just read verse 23. I'm going to show you why it's important for us to look inside and just not case sarah, sarah, what will be will be. Kenneth Copeland says that you are the prophet of your life. That means what I say is what I have. Whatever you meditate, whatever I meditate and think on is coming. What's coming? Whatever I'm thinking about. If I'm thinking about pandemic and losing jobs and all that, that is coming. And you will experience it full tilt. It, it is coming. But if I'm thinking, this is no big deal. I'm born again. I'm filled with the life of God. The Zoe life in me repels all this stuff. Then that's what's coming. Don't shout me down just because I'm preaching real good. <laughs> Brother Hagin said, therefore, verse 24, listen, look at this. Therefore, I say unto you, this is so powerful. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, when ye pray, whatever things you desire, when ye pray, get the desires, go into the prayer closet and pray. And when you go in there, what do you pray? You believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. Ye shall have them. <laughs> Powerful. But then it goes on to verse 25, that pesky verse 25. And says, and when you stand praying, forgive if you have aught against any. That your father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. Now, religious people will say this kicks you out of heaven. No, it doesn't. We're born again. We didn't get born again by asking God to forgive us of our sins. That happened when we got born again. He forgave us of our sins. But we didn't, we didn't say I repent of all my sins because you missed 60%. 60 
maybe more you, things that. And besides, it wasn't even sin back then until you're born again. You're, we're all condemned. We've all fell short of the glory of God. So it's all a sin. Driving 56 and 55 is a sin. <laughs> is that right? Well, yeah. And so look, look, look. If you have ought against, excuse me, verse 25. And if you have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26. But if you do not forgive. So here's character, isn't it? Here's being honest. Neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now, see, that's very troublesome for most people. But it's not. Verse 26 is talking about verse 24. What things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them, and ye shall have them. You'll have them unless you don't. Well, why would you not? You block the door to your blessings. You close the capacity of your blessings if you won't forgive. Your character is in forgiving others. It takes a lot of character to forgive people because we we're not trespassed easily. We're not easily offended. We're not looking for somebody to double-dog dare us. When they, when they cross the line, it's quite the line. Would, would we agree with that? you you got to hurt me bad for me to say, I'm through with you. So it takes more character, and that's how come it's, we let a lot of stuff slide. It's because our character has been increased. We've put on the, the grace of the Lord Jesus. We've put him on, and so we're things that we used to be slighted by, we just let that go. You all know what I'm talking about. We, we just we pay no attention to that. Uh, uh, what was her name that... Uh, Anyway, she was she was a woman that had she was real slight and had the little arms and they always said that you know her fingers seemed like it would go up into the balcony. Y'all remember Catherine Kuhlman? Thank you, darling. I appreciate that. Well, Catherine, they talked about her day and night, day and night, because she was powerful, but she was a woman in a non-woman world, and and she, but they would talk about her, and she would say, "Let's just not, let's just pretend that didn't happen." And that's a mark of character because she could have been put out of business a thousand times based on what they slung at her. Well, you and I have endured a lot, but we're all stopped at some point because we didn't endure past that point. I got people that I'm working on right now. Don't be surprised. We all are. If you got a, if you got a will in your life, you're working on people to forgive them totally. That old thing about, well, I forgave, but I didn't forget. <laughs> that's not honest. You know, that's not honest. It doesn't mean that you do forget the whole thing. I can't remember that. But it's so in the back of your, your heart that they have to tell you all about it because you've dealt with it. I forgive you in the name of Jesus, and I loose you from your trespass against the greater one. That's, it's not really against me. It's against him. And besides, since we're talking about that, we'll just say we have no reputation to guard. We have no reputation to defend. I'm bought with a price. I, talk about me. It's not because of me. I'm persecuted for the word's sake. Now, if you say naughty words and they call you out, well, then it's not the word's sake. But otherwise, they just don't like me because they just don't like him in me. And that's what the word says. So we pay no attention to it. 
you can't offend me. That's what I say. Sometimes you can get close to offended me. <laughs> but it's got to be it's got to be a full throw. It's got to be a full in. Somebody's just after me for me to go to war. I'm just telling you about me and maybe you can relate to that in some way. But I have to forgive because my prayers won't get answered if I don't forgive. You know, in another place in Peter, it talked about uh, 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 men, husbands, saying if you don't take care of your wife, then it will, your prayers will not get answered. Y'all remember that? I don't know where it is, but I know it's in Peter. He said, you better take care of her because otherwise it's not going to happen in the prayer realm. And you were mean to her and you're Mr. Big Dog, but you don't get any prayers answered. You're at the bottom of the ladder. Wow. So we change. We change. When we can't change for love's sake, we change because of, of our feelings or our, our hopes. And we say, I'm going to change because it's not going to go good for me instead of just changing for love. So uh, refusal to forgive trespasses, it hinders, it limits, it shuts you down. Well, who knew that? It's personal. It's just between me and him and me and them. Who, who, God, this is, we're over here and they're over there. Don't get them mixed up, Lord. He said, they're very, they're very together. He said, actually, I'm over here. And how you do them is how you've done me. Well, that's, that's going to help because we're already condemned if we, if we don't know that. It'll help to know it that we have a choice. Galatians chapter 6. Have y'all got room for just a little bit more? Galatians chapter 6. Galatians chapter 6. You know this. We've been talking about it. It has to do with character. has to do with excellence, virtue, and valor. It, ha it has to do with the inward man, who you are. It has to do with our will. Now, we're totally born again, and the devil can't touch that, and sin can't touch that. But our will is, is the depository of what we, information that comes in, word comes in, our mind kind of works on it, and it filters down into our will, and we decide. It's the decider part. It's not emotion. It's the decider part. This is who I am. We know who we are in Christ. We know that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about who I am. So even an, uh, an unsaved man, uh, uh, an unregenerate woman, has a will and decides, this is who I am. You've heard people say, I'll be a millionaire by the age 30. That's in the will. It's not a feeling. It may be motivated by feelings, but they just decide, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to have this, and I'm going to do that, and all that. And you know a lot of them do it, don't they? The will is very powerful. So we have to guard our will, and we guard it by putting it into character. We tell our will, we're not going there. We're not going there. I know you like to throw a rock at them, but we're not going there. We're going to bless. We're going to bless instead of curse. And it takes something, but once you've, once you've done it, you can do it again. So you've got to start at this level. And then you just all of a sudden you can go to another level and we build character. We build excellence. We build virtue and valor into our lives. And it keeps us because all that stuff that we used to, to let it rip us, it costs us. It always costs us not to forgive someone. One way is we don't get our prayers answered. But there's other things that happens to that anyway. So in uh, 
In Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, we know it says, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And we've looked at that. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Whatever you, whatever you water will grow. So if you, if you sow to the flesh, you water and nurture the flesh, the flesh will grow. And the flesh has always got corruption in it. So you can tell what pe what's in people by what they water, what they nurture, what they attend to. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And so he's saying here, this is what I want to say this morning to you, my, my dear, dearly beloved. I want to say to you, do not misunderstand the kingdom. It is not God's in control. It is not everything happens for a reason. It is not uh, God, God's withholding or he's got, a, he's got a divine purpose that he can't reveal. His wisdom is hidden and someday we'll all know why he took our baby or we whatever, whatever. Do not misunderstand the kingdom, Paul said. He said, what you, have do, what you do is what you'll have done. Uh, Matthew 25, 40 says, Jesus said, As ye have done it unto the one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. So that means talk nice to babies. <laughs> hey, little kid, I like you. Want some ice cream? I'm paving my way to heaven. I'm, I'm, getting, my, I'm getting my answers, prayers to my answers, uh, answers to my prayers. So he's saying this is the way it functions. This is the way it always has functioned. It's the way it's working now, and it's the way that it will always work. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. There is not another way. There's not another avenue. There's not another uh, reason. There's not another path. There is no other. This is it, and this is all of it. Well, that makes life easy. If you're not waiting on an impertinent God that's kind of wishy-washy and vacillating and emotional and changing his mind and hiding stuff from you, if we're not waiting on that, if I can say this is my future based on what I believe and do now, I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm satisfied that even if it's bad in the future, I'm the one that caused it. I am the reason behind it. I was responsible for what happened to me. Because I'm not going to do wild and reckless things, on purpose anyway. I am in pursuit of excellence. I'm in pursuit of, of making me better. I'm, I'm older than I've ever been, and so are you. And so if we're going to make a mark in this earth, if we're going to change something in this earth, now's the best time. Let's giddy up. Let's say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. I, I believe everybody in, that just heard what we said would say, I'm going to be a little easier to forgive. Wouldn't, isn't that the message you got? I mean, in one area, I'm going to be a little easier to get along with because someone's watching. <laughs> someone's paying attention. It's not separate. It's not apart. How I do you is how is he's going to do me. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ante up. Hallelujah. And I, I've got uh, this. I want you to go with me to this scripture. Uh, it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. I know I got a lot of scriptures this morning. But we came to church. I'm, I only get one hour, two hours, if you come to both services, out of a hundred and... How many hours are in a week? 164, 8, 10? So I, this, is, this is no time at all. I'm, I'm really just justifying a long message. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm trying to get this on the Lord. <laughs> 
Ah, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 10. 1 Corinthians 3.10. This is in verse 3 is where he said, you guys are just carnal and messed up. Are you not mere men in verse 3? Do you not walk as just the world? No difference than the world. That's low character. The world can have ethics that are higher and greater than Christians, but their, their character is, is based on self-preservation. Everybody in the world, ultimately, no matter how benevolent and kind and easy they're going, since they're not born again, it is all circling back around for me. Even to give gives you a, fuzzy, a warm fuzzy. Even charity and philanthropy, it, 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 it has a reward. So they're ethical more than the church many times, but their character is not developed because it's inward. It's self-centered. I don't want to forgive anybody because of them necessarily, but, but now I'm motivated to give for me. I want to be pleasing to God. I want, I want the attaboy. Well done, thou good and faithful. So I want the attaboy, and it'll go well for me. He says, according to the grace which, verse 10, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. So we know the word, the word, the word is our foundation, isn't it? A wise man is a man that heareth and doeth the word. He's like a man that buildeth his house on the rock. And so he's saying here, find the rock and then build on the rock. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, Jesus Christ, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and stubble. So your character must be determines what you're going to build on the foundation. You know, Christians can build on, on a good foundation, but build a piece of junk. Do you know those Christians that are just out there about God and the rapture? Just, just crazy stuff. And you go, what, what is it? Are you not saved? They are saved. They are born again. But they built a shoddy building on a good foundation. So it's not finished just because you got born again. Going to heaven is finished. I mean, that's finished. That's done. But this life on this earth is not just in being born again. I got potential. Y'all got potential? We got so much potential. Everything, as he is, so are we in this world. But I, it, it matters how I build. And he said, every man's work, verse 13, shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is, what value it is. So how I build on him is going to be measured. Is that right? If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. So there's a reward down here for building on the foundation of the word according to the word. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. You ever known any of those people, yet as so by fire? Ah, yeah. They're born again, but they're not serving God. As a matter of fact, they're hindering people that want to serve God. But they're born again. They're going to heaven. Now, the religious community wants to throw them into hell. You bum, you, you're, you're, you're robbing, you're stealing, you're carrying on. We're going to send you to hell because God wants you in hell, you bad thing but they're born again. 
They just didn't build on the foundation like they should. And they're going to suffer loss. No rewards. So my good news this morning is it's, it's never too late to start building. It's never too late to start. Fix it right now. Let it happen beginning right now. Uh, believe the word and walk by faith. Walk according to what's inside and build on what's inside. Uh, Genesis 26 says, here's, I, I didn't get to this Wednesday, but here's what it said. And the Lord appeared unto Isaac and said to him, go not down into Egypt. Well, what was going on? There was a famine, a big famine. I mean, like no lunch, no, no breakfast, no lunch, and no dinner famine. We're, we're, we've slaughtered all the animals famine. And so everybody was going to Egypt. He said, go not down into Egypt, dwell in the land which I shall tell of thee, sojourn in this land, and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. And then verse 12 uh, of Genesis 26, it says, then Isaac sowed in that land. You know, you can plant seed where there's no moisture. Matter of fact, we did that when I was farming. By the time it would be in the, into, into the year, if it rained and then you planted it would make the crop too late and you couldn't make anything. So a lot of times we would dry plant so that the day that it rained, the, the germination would begin. It wasn't a week or 10 days later. But then if it didn't ever rain, you lost your seed, didn't you? Well, he planted. Isaac planted according to the word of the Lord. And it says, he, uh, Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. Yeah, buddy. Doing it God's way. Working your character into the kingdom will pay big. Remember, Abraham did that. He obeyed God. He raised the knife. His character was measured in that moment. I mean, it took faith to do it. It wasn't just character, but, but he, he even took him up to the hill. But going up there, he told the boys with the donkeys at the bottom of the hill, he said, me and the lad will return. We'll be back. Well, that's what we're doing. We're saying this, this world, it's, it's cruddy. It's terrible. Every generation says their world is cruddy. You're, you're, my parents and probably your grandparents thought Elvis was, and the Beatles were the, the end of the world. It was like, we're all going down the tube. We're all going to hell in a handbasket sort of thing. There could be no worse than that. And what was, what was, uh, what was uh, that, uh, that singer that uh, was back in rock and roll. I hate it when I bring up stuff I can't remember. But uh, Jerry Lewis. What? Jerry, Jerry Lee Lewis. Now, that, your grandmother, she, you wonder why she had no hair? She pulled it all out when she saw that. <laughs> um, I mean, so every generation thinks this is the worst it can be, and we certainly do right now. But I'm telling you, not only will we survive it, we will thrive in it. We will plant in famine. We're not waiting for this pandemic to go so we can start back to business and get it. What everybody tells me is, I can't wait to get it back to normal. My mother says, ah, oh, well, I don't know. We'll ever go back to normal. We won't, but you can prosper in this normal. But you've got to have something in here that's resilient, that's steadfast, that's unmovable. Something that it's not faith, but it wants to, you, it wants to be in faith. And so it does. I wrote down that, the old covenant had attributes for the believer. Remember when, when God told Abraham, he said, uh, uh, the old covenant, he said, I'm blessing you to be a blessing. Remember that? 
You are blessed. I'm going to bless them that bless you. And you are blessed to be a blessing. Well, that sounds like the best it could be, but it's not. And then in Deuteronomy, uh, the word talks about finances. And uh, let's see if I wrote that down. Yeah, that, that he said in chapter 8, verse 16, the Lord said, I'm going to prove you that I might do you good. I'm going to prove you. And, and after that, he, he spelled it out. He said, uh, you shall remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Remember that? Well, that's old covenant. You think, well, that's as good as it could get. And then he, when the serpents were running around in the land, uh, he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, and do that which is right in his sight, and will give heed to his commandments and all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases upon you which I have brought upon the Egyptians. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. We think, well, there it is. That's as good as it can be. But it wasn't as good as it could be. Because they all had to pay attention and swear and, and, and look up and be in that narrow place. Jesus did that for us. All those requirements, he did those for us. And then we're in him and he's in us. And now we don't have to pay attention to the commandments. Now you've got to pay attention to him to get in faith about it. But it's not like you're a castaway if you don't know everything. Uh, the, the, the new covenant covering is Ephesians 3.20. It, that's so much better than I blessed you to be a blessing. God's just blessed us. It says, uh, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to, listen, listen, according to the power that worketh in me. So I'm not waiting on God. He's everywhere. He's in my life in every measure. He, all that I put my hand to prospers. But it prospers even if I don't put my hand to it. It's so much more than we can imagine. And then in prosperity says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich. Now that's, that's better than power to get wealth. He's already made you rich, not power to get rich. He's made us rich already. And then we know in First Peter it says, Who who himself bear our sins in his body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, should live. When did I die to sin? When I got born again. Should live unto righteousness. By his stripes ye were healed. This thing is better in every dimension. You, can't, you cannot find a flaw or a regret or a, a what are we going to do. People that are depressed, Christians that are depressed are wrong. You are wrong to be depressed. You don't have character and you don't know the word and you're just whining. You're carrying on because you don't want to believe God's word. You want your low character to be overlooked and, and God just to have mercy on you. He did have mercy on us. He sent Jesus. That is the mercy of God and everything in him is more than we can even ask, think or imagine. There's no excuse to be depressed. I know it happens, but it's because they don't know the good news. And low character has ensued. So I have this. We're going to start saying this after services for a season, for a while. It's Hebrews chapter 13. I found this, and I'm going to dismiss you with this. Although it's just 15 till 12. <laughs> oh, that's low character. Excuse me. <laughs> Hebrews 13, 20 says, now the God of peace. Are y'all looking it up? Let's look it up. Let's look it up. Hebrews chapter 13. Because I want you to put a little star by it or whatever you do in your Bible. 
Hebrews chapter 13. This isn't got anything to do with this message. It's got to do with our lives. Because we're leaving this place of being together and we're all going out separate. But he says in verse 20, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, listen, listen, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Can we say it together? Let's read the verse together. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in me that which is well-pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That's what we're leaving. We're going to leave in faith. Hallelujah. God bless you, broadcast. Thank you for tuning in this, this morning. We will be back Wednesday night and uh, at 7.15 or 20, and uh, we will be on the Word. Hallelujah. God bless you.